Hello, <laughs> excuse me, hello, this is uh, Kelly McGee, and I have an important um, uh, recording I wanted you to hear. It happens to be about the people who are trying to protect us, trying to save our lives from the idiots, trying to kill us. And it's called deep intel about deep state. Hello everyone, it's Michael Jacob with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, and today I have a special guest, and Juan O'Savin is going to speak to us today about deep state issues, uh, he's got an incredible intel background, you know, with uh, 24 years in the SEAL teams and uh, 11 years with the CIA, I always wanted to talk to a guy like Juan, so... Here he is. I've been talking to him, looking at some of his work, and it's just just incredible. Uh, thanks for joining us, Juan. Hey, I, I appreciate the, the great uh, words there. I appreciate that a lot. All right, so we got a lot of stuff going on right now with your with your background and information that you can share with us. And I've seen some of your stuff. You were recently on Steel Truths and uh, released some uh, really good insights kind of like the stuff I've been talking about. Um, uh, I really have been educating my audience on uh, uh, terrorism and stuff like that and how it ties into some of these political families. Uh, we've seen the, um, the Clintons, the Bushes, the Obamas pretty much get decimated uh, lately. And now Biden, uh, his family is getting decimated. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, you know, one thing that, uh, just going back uh, a few years, remember when Ollie Norberth had to testify about Iran-Contra, and uh, that smart-ass Biden is sitting up there, pompous smart-ass, and he's uh, pontificating over uh, all of the North's testimony, and he says, uh, well, don't you think that uh, some of those decisions were a little above your pay grade? Well, now you think about it right now, yeah. Michael. In retrospect. Actually... They were above Oliver North's pay grade because he wasn't on the take like the Biden family was and some of these other families that were behind this whole scam. You know, uh, at that time, most people thought it might only be millions at stake. And it was probably truly uh, not just even billions, but tens and hundreds of billions for the people behind the Obamas, the Clintons, the Bushes. Uh, that whole crowd, this is a globalist conspiracy to take over the world. And uh, America is a captured operation at this point in time, and we're trying to capture it back. That's this moment that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fascinating the way you said that. We're, we're pretty much, we have been captured. And uh, as someone that trained in uh, you know, anti-terrorism, uh, guerrilla warfare, and so forth, I, I feel we're definitely in that environment right now. Um, you know, a lot of our, our rights and um, are being taken down by the Google Mafia and stuff like that. So uh, it's interesting to see some of these executives come out and talk about how that manipulation is happening. Well, okay, you know, this is a really important point. In fact, it's one of the things that I'd really like for people to dial into their vocabulary dial into their thoughts you know you talked about intuition and intuiting things and looking at 
things that might not be spoken, but your consciousness has recorded throughout your lifetime. Uh, things that you may not have verbalized precisely, but they're in the mental equation. And at a critical moment, you have to make a snap decision. And if you are actually working on all the levels you should be working on, you're allowing your intuition to direct your next action. Uh, one of the most critical things in a combat environment is anticipating where things are going, what the options are, and getting there first so that you don't get closed off, so you don't get trapped. So you anticipate what's next, not just one move ahead, but several moves ahead. You might be, well, it could go this way, this way, this way. If things lean this way, you've already got a plan on how you're going to react to that in advance. In this situation we're in right now, I'm going to tell your listeners that the reality is President Trump is going to win. And he's going to win decisively. There may be some hand-wringing and fussing and stewing uh, that happens in that next day after the third through the fourth. And there may even be some, uh, you know, uh, turbulence after that uh, for a period of time while this is getting locked in. But the reality is President Trump is going to remain President Trump. Let's do some mental gymnastics here for a second. What is... does a second term by President Trump look like? He is going to come out of the chocks full steam ahead. It's full throttle. It's like a, it's not a NASCAR uh, rolling start. It's a drag race. He's going to suddenly just put the foot to the metal and go full steam. The second term will look nothing like the first term. And what's, what's the key part of that that's going to happen? What's going to happen is uh, Attorney General Barr, uh, those Democrats that are upset about where we are right now and uh, all this stuff coming out right now and how mean and evil uh, the Republicans and the conservatives and President Trump are, forget the Republican-Democrat thing. The person that did you the greatest disservice are the people over at the Department uh, of Justice and over at the FBI who had evidence that was clear that needed to be acted upon well over a year ago on the Biden crime family and other crime syndicates. Uh, President Trump called Biden stuff uh, the second greatest um, crime against America in American history. Who's the first? The Clintons. Number one crime family out there. What happened with Barr and with the Justice Department and with FBI? They didn't move forward with uh, investigations and the prosecutions. You know, there are already indictments against all these players. The problem is that those indictments have been not uh, have not been brought back to a judge as presentments for arrests to uh, begin prosecutions. Now, in a few cases, there were, and those arrest warrants were issued, and but they weren't served because it was too tight and there was all sorts of politics going on about uh, testimony in the Senate and stuff like that. So they held them off when they were done. What's happened, though, is an injustice against the American people because we didn't get 
these players see a grand jury in order to do an indictment a grand jury is made up of 14 to 23 people every one of those people is an american voter citizen so all of those indictments that are out there against these players and they do exist um were voted on already by citizen jurists and all that has to happen now is a judge needs to have those indictments presented to him by the prosecutor or prosecutors and then issue see that the indictments are legitimate that it came from a grand jury and then issue an arrest warrant the person gets picked up brought in presented to the judge and they're formally charged in open court the sealed indictments are happening with the secret grand jury not for everybody to see so that somebody if if the charges are false or there's no real evidence there a citizen grand jury won't give an indictment out they say well i I don't think there's a crime here i don't see it's not clear you don't damage somebody's reputation over a falsehood but when a grand jury sees evidence Mm -hmm. and they decide that enough evidence exists that appears to uh, meet the threshold of being a crime they hand down an indictment that goes to the judge the judge issues an arrest warrant based on this citizen jury as a as a beginning opening salvo then the person when they're arrested they're brought in they're presented to the court they're charged the judge decides if they get out on bail while they're waiting to go to trial or if they get held until trial and what that bail amount is or whether they don't deserve bail uh, can't be trusted to have bail because they might not come back and then both sides get to present evidence look for evidence there's a back and forth until finally it results in a judge presiding over a jury trial in a federal court now what happened back in the 90s with hillary clinton was that we got actual indictments from citizen grand juries in arkansas for crimes uh uh uh, federal crimes and uh, in washington dc also and uh those indictments by a grand jury were never presented to the judge and converted into arrest warrants because ken star said well even though i got an indictment I don't think that uh, I would have got a conviction if a jury heard it, so I'm not going to go to the judge and get an arrest warrant. Ken Starr stopped us from getting to hear the evidence in a trial, from a jury actually getting to hear the evidence in a courtroom setting, to have that give and take. He had enough information, enough evidence for a grand jury to hand down an indictment, but he all by himself decided yeah but i wouldn't get a conviction so i don't want an embarrassment of going to trial and and everything we're, we're not going to do it so hillary clinton got to walk never even got had to dark in a courtroom for a trial uh, oh so she's innocent she's not innocent grand jury said that uh, there was enough evidence uh, to go to trial if it had been anybody else we'd have gone to trial we wouldn't have had that thing but no she she got a pass so all these other crimes happened and she never got judged on the earlier stuff this is what's happening today indictments already exist and prosecutors in the justice department and the attorney general have decided that uh you know 
we don't have enough to go to trial with, even though the grand jury said we do. And they're holding off. They're doing an injustice to America by stopping us from getting to trials. And all of this season, when this could have been done outside the political season a year ago, nine months ago, six months ago, and give the Democratic Party time to field another candidate without all this baggage, they were denied. The Democrats should be the most upset of anybody on the planet because they were denied the information that would have allowed them to make an intelligent decision whether or not this is the guy they wanted to field as a potential candidate to be the president of the United States and to deal with issues out through the whole world for the American public. That's a matter of national security. We've been stopped from getting the opportunity to make informed, intelligent decisions about who we want to run our country. And the people stopping that are only a couple of guys Mm. deciding, well, I don't know, just because a grand jury thinks that uh, this should go to trial doesn't mean I want my reputation on the line. So I'm not gonna do it. That's what you were hired for. Remember when Kavanaugh was having his hearings uh, and Lindsey Graham asked him about um, like uh, military tribunals and, uh, you know, if that's if that's something that could be done. And uh, Kavanaugh was like, oh, yes, military tribunals are, are definitely, you know, uh, part of uh, the process and so forth. So we know, you and I, and I've been putting it out, that down in Guantanamo, they did a $300 million upgrade down there. Their uh, case load has been, you know, up to the most it's ever been. Do you think there's, you know, anticipation for some of these uh, deep staters to maybe uh, stay a little justice down there or here or go down there? Or what do you think's happening with that? Well, I mean, you're intuiting exactly what you're supposed to you're intuiting that there's something else going on than what is being allowed to be spoken about in the open press in the open uh, political conversation what what uh, where i was even going with the conversation just a moment ago is is right along your lines what you're talking about and it's this if we're going to be honest about what's just ahead and trust our intuition the reality is you can't fix washington People think that with this vote, you're just going to fix Washington. You can't fix Washington because it's already fixed. You can't even fix the Justice Department right now because it's already fixed. All the players involved, they're bought, they're cornered, they're, you know, on somebody else's uh, payroll playing for somebody else's team. The reality is what the president, what president, you know, and, and I like to say President Trump. Uh, there should be a certain reverence. He has earned the position. He's done the job. He's the guy. President Trump is shortly going to be faced with doing what he's been planning all along in a very turbulent environment. And this is where your audience and similar audiences have got to tune up, get their heads turned on straight, and understand what's just ahead and how they have to play a part in it. The president is going to have to uh, do what the commander-in-chief is supposed to do, and that is preside over seeing a military action 
to take some of these criminals into custody for treason and sedition. He doesn't have any problem doing that. And see their cases brought to a military tribunal for crimes against the American people. You won't be able to do it in a normal federal courtroom. It's not possible. The system is cooked. The players are cooked. They're all somehow compromised so for the time being the only way we're going to get to justice for us as a people and it's a national security risk our national security is on the line if with the wrong information or no information the american people were able to be sold this criminal empire continuing that's in place that is right now parts of the Republican Party and most all of the Democratic Party, yes. uh, we would be toast. We're at that last moment where we could survive. You're really looking at um, technology being applied against the American people. That's beyond most people's understanding and comprehension. You have to remember, Facebook was created by DARPA. It was a DARPA operation that was gamed out in order to take over the social media um, environment. It was created in DARPA under a different name, and the same day that DARPA operation was shut down, Facebook was created. And Zuckerberg and that whole crew are a militarized version of social media against the American people. So when we see them shutting down the conversation, honing the conversation in a certain direction, That isn't just uh, a judgment call on the part of some of these people. That is a militarized operation to control how we think as a people and to control the American mindset. And it doesn't stop with Facebook. It's the same thing over at Twitter, a militarized operation. You know, I have a a friend, worked at the Pentagon for a lot of years. He does uh, stuff over in Hollywood, uh, consults and movies and like that. And he was going into CAA, uh, the, uh, uh, which is the big entertainment uh, uh, group that uh, all the agents and everything control, uh, you know, what movies get made and which stars become a star and all that. That's the biggest group in Hollywood. And he's going in there and out of there and he said, you know, it's easier to get in and out of the Pentagon than it is to get in and out of CAA. And I said, well, why is that? He says, I don't know. I, it's wild that they're so security conscious over there. And which areas you get into, it's like going into a militarized operation. Well, okay, let's think about that, Mike. What's really going on here? It is a militarized operation. CAA is 51% owned by China. And what are they doing? They're controlling the way that we converse about China, the imagery that gets out about China. They're controlling the propaganda that's going out, not just to America, but to the world. It's the militarized entertainment area to control the hearts and minds of Americans and to tone us down, to be accepting of what's going on, to ignore the horrors that our life in China behind the scenes, what they're doing to their people. They're they're going to do to us if they get the chance what they're doing inside China with their mobile 
hospital ambulance vans out there harvesting organs because uh, somebody's DNA shows up as being a match for somebody that needs transplant halfway across the world for some reason, and they can make you know fifty thousand bucks in your organs. They've tied all of their citizens. They go out and pick up a lady off the streets, just walking home from the grocery store, and start harvesting her uh, kidneys because uh, somebody else needs them, and that person's uh, gone. So, and then you know, this is a statistic, and that's really, 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 really happening. That's not just bullshit. Get your head out of your ass. That's what I'm telling people. So many people around us, Mike, are suffering from cranial rectal inversion. They're going to suffocate. Somebody's got to stand on those butt cheeks, get the forceps out, and do a cranial rectal extraction while well, there's still That's, time before they suffocate to death. Give me a fucking break. Now, I, I can vouch for your uh, your your mockingbird, uh, the CIA, because um, whenever I was in uh, different countries, um, so I'm supposed to be you know, providing security for anti-terrorism you know collection and occasionally we would go off and have like these um, newspaper guys and stuff like that come in and they tell them what to print i'm like what what, what what's going on here and then i'd see it printed and i'm like wow they're controlling the consciousness in this in this uh, country uh can't people see that and i was like wow and then i came back home and i'm like oh my god they're doing it here too so i started you know to the research of course and yeah the mockingbird press is uh definitely uh something that's been going on for a while and they've, they've admitted to it they admitted to it long ago that they were doing it well and it's so it's so obvious. much deeper than most people understand you know uh uh playboy the money for playboy came from cia and it was uh, created uh pushed you know, Hector said he got the money from friends and family. He didn't. He got it from uh, CIA. So they could create a honeypot situation that was halfway legit in order to, uh, you know, do what Epstein was doing uh, long before there was an Epstein. You know that uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe, before she was this widely known star and everything else, she was training. She had a security badge at Hilltop uh, Air Force Base, which was this little known observation post up there at the top of Laurel Canyon and here she has a security badge to go in there and what they were doing supposedly was they were looking at the film from atomic bomb blasts and using new camera technology to you know take faster and faster uh, uh, frame rates in order to uh, freeze frame you know the moments of, a, of an atomic blast and things like that. The reality is they had a full uh, studio in there for uh, production and training and so a number of people including Marilyn Monroe trained there so they could go out and be the sex bots that we saw in the movies and theater and everything else and of course where'd she go first she went over to uh, Playboy and they created this legitimized world uh, where they're doing these intelligent articles and like that and changing the uh, at atmosphere the attitude of the country in these subtle ways and just for a let you get back in on this just as a, another point of fact did you know that Barack Obama's mother Stanley Ann Dunham as a teenager uh, approximately 16 years old she may have even only been 15 was doing layouts in a uh, uh, S&M sex magazine uh, that was run by another 
guy that the FBI was watching, and that same guy, uh, Frank Marshall Davis, uh, also got money from the CIA to do a magazine at the same time that Hefner was doing his, aimed at a much more hardcore type of sex stuff, and Obama's mother as a teenager is in that magazine. Oh my God. Well, I mean, you're, you're up to what I just said. I mean, you're, you're just like an unbelievable wealth of information. Wow, it's just blowing my mind. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe was like the first centerfold for Playboy, so it it adds up. And then you have all the well, other let me, uh, let me just double down on that real quick, too, just thinking out loud. Uh, Mike, here's another thing. So, you remember when Playboy got in trouble on their finances in the uh, 70s and they were going broke and so they're in bankruptcy and they had the black bunny jet okay it had the bunny uh, the thing on the tail the white bunny on the tail uh, watch the white bunny <laughs> so when they're broke and they're going out of business and they're about to fall in on themselves who comes to the rescue of the Playboy Empire, the Hugh Hefter Empire, the Department of Defense, and CIA lease the bunny jet, pay an exorbitant fee for the bunny jet, and start leasing it, and they're flying it all over the country. And so another acquaintance of mine, during that time period, he's at a test of a particular type of a technology out in uh, White Sands, New Mexico. And in flies the bunny jet. And a bunch of Nazis get off the plane, Nazi scientists all the way up from World War II get off the plane in the 70s to monitor and observe this test firing. And when it's all done, they get on the bunny jet, fly over to Area 51 to find the thing where it landed, and then go and look at uh, some of the other technology that they've got inside there. And he's talked about it even in the public at different times. But the point is, who was paying, who was glad handing and working to keep Playboy alive? Department of Defense. That money came from us to keep them going. Um, sorry, but I had a call that came in. Uh, keep them going at that time period so that they could stay viable even up till now. That was our money. You think this isn't uh, somebody behind the scenes pulling the strings? This sex stuff, this uh, crimes against children that we're about to hear more about, uh, this crowd behind the scenes that's cooking how we think and what we do. Uh, they've been in this game for a long time. That's the 70s I'm talking about there. Yeah. And, and that's good you bring up the uh, the, the child sex crimes. Uh, we probably tie in Disney within a little bit of this, too. What, what do you know about the tie-in with Disney and CIA and stuff? Well, the long and short of it is that uh, uh, the biggest news media owner in the world is Disney. They control more of it than anybody else. The entertainment industry, all of the stuff that you see and hear is uh, um, to the greatest extent uh, probably controlled through the Disney empire. And uh, uh, this club that's running it behind the scenes, for example, uh, it's pretty widely known now, but when I first started talking about it, even 30 years ago, people didn't, you know, their, their eyes would glaze over. 
what's the big private club inside Disney you pay the extra money for? And what's the connection? It's the 33 Club. It's a secret handshake thing. And, and a lot of these players, um, that goes to this crowd that's really uh, one of several that are working together this specter type operation like in a James Bond movie or something uh, this specter operation this Masonic crowd this numbers crowd this 33 crowd that's uh, running much of America you know I had uh, one of my very 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 close friends um, in a very sensitive position and the reason he was put there was because he was a very high level Mason and uh, some things went uh, sideways and he gets to me and I helped him through a tough situation and uh we talked about it you know he was he was sure they were going to go ahead and kill him and we had uh, other people we knew um behind the scenes that had died and so there was no question that his concerns were very real uh they wanted to put him in the van and send him to a mental institution and had they got him there uh he would have been cooked five ways from sunday and and here's one of the top you know military scientists on the planet and, and he'd have probably been toast we were able to get him through all of that get him back to a stable situation and, and outweigh that uh, that particular group that was in power at that time but his his way of getting there was because he was one of the youngest uh, masons to reach an extremely high level uh, ever here in the United States and those promotions are done um, within the club it's a screening mechanism and so if you agree and you're you do the secret handshake right and you're and you're working together in military intelligence circles then you get promoted and that's just a fact of life i mean i know you see it from from where you've worked and done stuff and i understand it's a trust thing it's a brotherhood you're doing it because it helps you to know you know who you're working with and not and somebody uh, it's like even with us, uh, we had uh, somebody that's a mutual friend that uh, you know kind of vouched both ways for us and, and uh, for us to begin our conversation. Um, known and trusted, and so you have these kinds of screening systems. So when you're dealing with somebody you might not have had contact with or dealt with before, you know somebody kind of vouches for no great guy, no I'm, you know secret handshake, blah blah blah. That's been going on for a long time. Unfortunately, in an American system, in an ideal sense, there's a certain point where it's, at one point it's a fraternity, it's a, it's a good old boy network, there is some security things that help us as a country, but it can also work against you. And if you've got a club that's working against the best interests of everybody else that has their own little special game plan and starts to pervert it, all of a sudden, uh, they can do things with that technology, that militarized technology, and get advantage over everybody else. It's like having inside secret um, market trading information and doing trades ahead of everybody else. Um, and you become wealthy, not because you're a genius, but because you got insider trading information in a militarized setting. These guys doing mutual self-promotion, promoting each other to control positions is a national security threat. What is the issue with the Biden crowd and these people in uh, the Senate and the House promoting people of a certain mindset, even what happened with the purging of the military 
uh, under Obama and then putting in all these perfumed princes, as my buddy uh, Hathcock would put it, um, these perfumed princes that are presiding over the rest of the military, that um, their skill sets are very questionable. It's just who they're related to, who they're uh, you know, working with. Um, that's a threat to national security. We need to purge those people out and get back to uh, real Americans doing it because of their skill sets, not because of their bloodlines. Yeah, and and you're right. I mean, you you can be in that uh, that group. I thought I was like invincible. You know, I'd reached certain levels and um, knew people. People like spoke highly of me all the time. Uh, I had the best. I had the best. Uh, you know, places where I would go. Uh, anyway, I. I revealed some things, uh, secret space program type stuff, uh, alien bases, and inadvertently, you know, and that like destroyed me. But I, I know that um, the child trafficking exists. I've seen it overseas. The drug trafficking. Um, we would we would set up, you know, to help help people come in. You know, we protect them when they came in to basically control the drug trafficking in Afghanistan we're like what, what are we doing here I thought we were like you know hunting terrorists but we you know do some of that kind of stuff and uh, we started to see more and more of that and you know it's, it's very frustrating to uh, have your work you know be compromised like that and uh, we got like some guys that are you know trying to uh, stop the human trafficking uh, slave trade and uh, child pedophilia that's happening here in the US one of them is uh, uh, a friend of mine, uh, um, Craig uh, Saw- uh, Sawyer, the basically saw man that is uh, involved in this has a you know program where he's getting he has uh, top military vets and so forth coming in, and uh, they they're destroying him too, trying to destroy him. He's trying to do the right thing. Those of us trying to do the right thing, you know, you could be at the top of the food chain one minute and then the next if you go against them, boom, they cut your legs out. Well. You know, um, <clears throat> I looked at a lot of these issues back in the 90s pretty extensively um, for, I got kind of sucked into it after Whitewater and, and like that. And then I realized, oh my gosh, once you understand what's really going on behind the scenes at Child Protective Services uh, here in America and around the world in these interrelated agencies, it's so disturbing you you just have no idea i mean i i almost get apoplectic when i talk about this uh if i get into the details of it uh, most people just have no concept of just how cooked and perverted and wrong the system is uh and sometime maybe we we could really go off on that i don't want to go too far sideways right now because we don't have time before the election but that's that's where we are going to have to take a lot of time to you know uh, 95% of the people at FBI, 95% of the people at CIA, 95% of the people over at Child Protective Services are salt of the earth, greatest folks in the world. It's like uh, my friends that are Masons. Most of them are, you know, the greatest guys in the whole world. But there's a cluster of men there that, uh, look, Catholic Church is a captured operation. Uh, U.S. government is a captured operation. The banking system is a captured operation. The judicial system with the judges and uh, the prosecutors is a captured operation. You can't, you, you know, 
go into any of the churches, this Lutheran church is uh, a captured operation. Um, these people have mutually self-promoted people in there that probably don't actually think like you do and that are actually cooking how you're supposed to view them and think about them. One of the things, coming back to the kids and where I wanted to go, uh, uh, the princess uh, in Cambodia, uh, one of the princesses there, uh, went to the king uh, there, or Prince Sihanouk, I think it was at the time. I can't remember off the top of my head. This was about uh, 15, 18 years ago. And had become aware of child trafficking and uh, some of the problems going up uh, in northern Cambodia. So uh, they had done an investigation, found that a lot of Americans were involved in it, uh, connected back to MIT. And they were doing these computers for kids. And uh, But what was really happening is these connections for computers for kids were actually about uh, showing which kids were which. And it's argued that they were being trafficked based on using those computers and the images uh, being run through computers at MIT. So this uh, kid Schwartz that invented the uh, Reddit system, um, he went into the basement at MIT and had uh, terabyte sized hard drives which were state-of-the-art at some level at the time fairly expensive and he was recording data down in the basement at MIT had gotten into uh, some of the uh, data piping uh, down there and was uh, recording this stuff in, in one of the rooms um, some people you know he was accused charged with uh, downloading the data files for the Cambridge uh, library uh, out of England in reality, you could have put the whole Cambridge uh, library on one terabyte of stuff, it's just print data. Uh, that's not what he was doing, he was getting video. And that's why it took him 20 hard drives to get all the video that he was, that he was downloading out of those systems. He was charged and supposedly committed suicide over this. Uh, I don't buy that for a second. This was, uh, this was a guy that was trying to go after, a young guy that was trying to go after the uh, child trafficking uh, and the uh, child porn that was coming out of Cambodia. Uh, now, one of the other things that happened in that same thing, when uh, Mueller became FBI director, first place he went to on his first foreign trip, as I recall, was uh, Cambodia. And he's over there and he meets with the chief of police in Phnom Penh who was doing the investigation. Uh, after they do their, share their data and everything else, the chief of police goes, flies up to northern Cambodia with several of his guys and he's gathering more information. On the way back, oh darn, helicopter problem, uh, crashes, they all die, and the investigation stops. Um, there's a child trafficking problem on the border of China uh, there in northern uh, uh, Cambodia that's continued on and other areas in the region. Uh, this has been going on for decades that we are just now going to be forced to look at this child pedophile networking going on in America and the participation and the... Um, uh, acquiescence 
of our political and legal systems in going after that, we're going to have to address that as a people. And that's part of the whole thing with the, the Biden stuff. How is it that Hunter Biden has whatever he has on his laptop and nothing happens? What about Wiener? Remember, when the, uh, the detectives in New York talked about what was on the Wiener laptop, it included crimes mm-hmm. against children mm-hmm. by Hillary Clinton and nothing happened there so far we can look at scandal after scandal and we see excuse me crimes against children included in that i i dealing with somebody right now uh and i don't want to use the exact operational name because i don't want to tick somebody off but we do have an actual for real operation there's a bunch of lying ones and scamming ones out there it's very disturbing and, and it's actually not helping the situation if somebody thinks they're helping with you know a pentagon group that's supposedly going after child trafficking and all that that's bullshit um and they're not helping and those people who are promoting that are actually damaging the real work that's going on but there is legitimate operations to get at and go after these underground railroad groups that are trafficking children um, throughout the country uh, uh, from Canada to Mexico and the crowds in between and the uh, religious groups that are involved and have been uh, covering for it. And it's not just one. And don't assume it's just one. They're working together. They're in collusion, several of them, because at the highest levels, they're not religious cults, they're sex cults. Remember, Nexium, when we look at the drug trade, when we look at the um, uh, trafficking that was going on out of Mexico, it included children. And Nexium was right there in the thick of it, right in the middle of it. So we have problems here that are going to go places that most people don't want to go to. I'm just going to say that in this audience, with your audience, um, warriors go in to save children. And usually a lot of the people that we end up having pushed against us, that we end up having to defend ourselves against, our kids. They're young kids that are militarized against us because they're readily replaceable and they're young and they don't have the wits and smarts to not come out and do stuff. So we end up with kids fighting us. Um, In the aftermath, uh, in every war we get into, there's all these kids that have to be dealt with. We're coming into an era right now, God, please let us, when President Trump remains President Trump, and we're going to have to go out into our own country, as well as the rest of the world, and win the peace, the post-COVID pandemic bullshit. It's going to be like after World War II, and we have to go out there and begin to work through a lot of issues that, at the end of the day, we as the American people allowed these scumbags to get into power and pull their bullshit on the world and on ourselves. And we have to go in and clean up after these disasters. And a lot of the disaster that's there is going to involve children, crimes against children, crimes against young people. A crime. Okay. Got to change it up. 